again to another episode of FPL Something with me. I am your host, Tolu. Um, it is now time for game week 13. Um, it's a midweek game week, so uh, it's going to be a quick blitz, especially through the Christmas period. Uh, quickly, we're going to look back through uh, game week 12 that just happened this past weekend. Uh, quickly, we look at just a quick recap of the games that happened. Leeds against um, West Ham ended 1-2. Goals from Click, who took a penalty the first time um, and unfortunately took a terrible penalty. Um, Fabianski saved it. And then unfortunately, he was off the line. So it had to be retaken. And I think Click took it to the other side of the goal and then scored the second time around with um, the added benefit of not taking uh, of not taking the first penalty well. Uh, goals from Ogbonna, who's a defender at 4.9. And also uh, Suchek, who is plays as a defensive midfielder, but he's pretty much the Fellaini of West Ham. Uh, for those who are familiar with Fellaini and uh, David Moyes, uh, Fellaini is just a really tall uh, midfielder who essentially had like aerial prowess and Suchek is essentially the same. So he had a corner that came in and um, he scored it quite frankly. I think he was uh, covered by Dallas, which is essentially terrible marking. Dallas is a smaller defender. I'm not sure why Cooper or someone else in the middle, like a bigger center back wasn't on Suchek considering his um, danger. Uh, But anyway, Suchek scored assists again from Bowen, who was someone to consider if you're looking at, um, a player to buy. He is 6.4 uh, Bowen and I believe he's got assists in two of the last three games. So someone to consider if you're looking out. But quite frankly, Suchek is probably the better player to consider from West Ham at 5.0. He has already scored three goals this season um, and he looks um, a danger in set pieces and he continues to take attempts at goal. So that's three games, three goals in the last two games. Um, Suchek 5.0. The next game we look at is Wolves against Aston Villa. Wolves essentially look um, blunt in attack without Raul Jimenez. So I would be um, more than keen to use uh, Wolves as a team to play defenders against, unless it is a better, like a significantly worse team, like a Brighton, for example, or, uh, or, you know, a Fulham, a West Brom, then I would be confident playing a defender against Wolves Currently, Fabio Silva is a decent deputy, but at 18 and still learning the ropes, he's not as big, he's not as physical as the way Wolves want to play. Wolves put in a lot of crosses in that game and without a big center forward in there to essentially take on those um, crosses, uh, Wolves are not the same. And obviously without Jimenez, they've just essentially lost their edge. The game ended 0-1 to Aston Villa. Uh, penalty from El Ghazi, even though they had a red card. Um so even on that, um, Grealish is, has been confirmed by Dean Smith as the penalty taker if El Ghazi isn't on the field. Interesting to note uh, that um, Jack Grealish actually handed the ball to El Ghazi to take the penalty. So it wasn't as though El Ghazi was the determined penalty taker. It was just handed to him by Jack Grealish because Jack Grealish felt he was the better one of the two. Keep in mind, El Ghazi does not usually start. He has yet to start a game this season. Just something to note. There, so the game ended one zero. Uh, clean sheets for Aston Villa, who have played really, really well defensively, and also uh, Martinez getting seven save point, uh, seven saves, uh, all for eleven points, three assists, and two um, save points in addition to his clean sheet. So uh, an interesting thing to note in that game. 
Newcastle against West Brom ended 2-1. Um, I did recommend John Johnston as a uh, goalkeeper. If you had like as a backup, he had four saves again, still tops the charts in terms of number of saves uh, for goalkeepers. Uh, another four saves in the game against Newcastle, enough for two points despite conceding two goals um, in that game. Goals from Newcastle from Gale, who came on as a substitute, and uh, Miguel Almiron, who actually came from Atlanta United in the MLS. So he's transitioned over to the Premier League and seems to be playing really, really well. Unfortunately, Wilson could not be part of the uh, scoring in this game, but that is rare considering how regularly involved in the game he is. Uh, Keep in mind, he was the assist to the assist for Almiron's goal. And I believe he was part of the build-up for um, Gale's uh, cross. I think he was the one who laid it off to the... I think he won the ball or something like that. But anyways, uh, the point is uh, Callum Wilson is an integral part of Newcastle's uh, attack. And interesting to note that Joe Linton is also starting to play significantly better. Still not on the score sheet per se, but Joe Linton is someone, if you are considering um, Newcastle, he's starting to... Um, essentially improve his production. He's got a goal and two assists in the last two games. So something to look out for at 5.7. However, if you are looking at um, Newcastle's strike, I would more than recommend Callum Wilson instead at 6.6. He's the penalty taker and essentially a talisman for Newcastle, also with a goal and an assist in the last two games. On to the next game, uh, Manchester United against Manchester City. The game ended nil-nil. Both teams essentially playing not to lose. Um, Interesting to see that from a Manchester City um, team. But I believe um, essentially they're trying to keep up their momentum. They've just recently started playing well. A defeat to Manchester United considering how badly they themselves have been playing in terms of a playing perspective, not a score or result perspective. Um, Manchester City essentially set up with two um, defensive midfielders. So it was interesting to see how they set up and essentially they came not to lose or be beaten on the counter-attack. So they played Rodri and also Fernandinho. Interesting one there. Uh, uh, so keep in mind, uh, Luke Shaw got all three bonus points. Um, I think he was on set pieces a little bit in that game. I took a lot of corners and he just essentially played decently. Considering it was a nil-nil, it was obviously bonus points were going to go to a defender one or the other. Um, interesting to note also that Mares missed a one-on-one. Um, that's that's something that you would not expect from Mares, but at the end of the day, um, it is a derby and things happen in big games. Uh, KDB, uh, obviously someone to watch and Bruno Fernandes going forward. The Everton-Chelsea game ended 1-0. Uh, goals from Sigurdsson, who took the penalty. Um, and he played since uh, Rodriguez was injured. So he is the stand-in for Rodriguez. And he took the penalty. Uh, and he's the penalty taker whenever he's on the field. I believe Richarlison is the other uh, player to take the penalties if Sigurdsson isn't available. Um, obviously, assist from Calvert-Lewin. Interesting to know that Calvert-Lewin has actually had a ton of shots more recently. Um, I think Calvert-Lewin is also converting at a remarkable clip. Um, in the last two games, he's got a goal and an assist to so a goal against Burnley and an assist against Chelsea. Um, and obviously in the Leeds game, he did nothing. But the Fulham game, he had two goals. So he's doing really, really well. 11 goals over the season. Um, someone to look out for. On the Chelsea side, Rich James looked 
amazing. Um, at 5.3, that is a wonderful way to get into Chelsea's defense. Um, he's on set pieces. He takes a lot of shots and he's going forward. He's pretty much like a Trent Alexander-Arnold on the Chelsea side. And obviously they've got Chilwell on the other side, who's a little more expensive. But I believe if you are looking for, if you're trying to join Chelsea's defense now, uh, Reese James is the one to go for. Keep in mind, Zuma is also doing decently well. He is the primary target on any set piece in terms of corners um, and also free kicks that are from either side or that, that are like crosses. He's the primary target for all um, set pieces, essentially. He's either heading it, trying to score or knocking it down for someone else if Giroud isn't on the field. So Giroud will become the primary target whenever uh, Zuma is not there. But essentially, Zuma or Giroud are essentially the primary targets at set pieces for Chelsea. So something just to notice from the eye test. Uh, Southampton against Sheffield, 3-0. Sheffield essentially are playing at a championship level currently in the Premier League. Still zero clean sheets after 12 games. Um, so at this point, Sheffield are the whipping boys of the Premier League. Uh, keep that in mind as you go forward. So you can do a Sheffield-like approach, essentially captaining players against Sheffield simply because they are just not there. Uh, Ramsdale is nowhere near as good as Henderson in terms of organizing, in terms of saveability. There is essentially a mile and a world of difference between having Ramsdale in goal and Dean Henderson in goal for Sheffield. Um, going forward as well, Sheffield is certainly blunt. Um, they've got Ryan Brewster, who they bought, but still won't start him. So that's an interesting one um, from Sheffield. But that's not the point in this game. Uh, Chef, um, Southampton scored three against them. Uh, goals from Shea Adams, Armstrong and Redmond. Assists from Oreo Romeo. Ings and Bednarek. Uh, Bednarek himself has actually played very, very well uh, this season. He's got a goal and an assist already. And he's also uh, essentially kept five clean sheets. So he got all three bonus points in the last game. Um, essentially Southampton, from a defensive standpoint, they concede a lot of chances, a lot of big chances. I believe 10 in the last four games. But they are better at fending them off um, compared to weaker teams like a West Brom, a Fulham, or like a Brighton, who also concede a lot of chances, but cannot keep that clean sheet. So Southampton is a better team structurally in terms of actual players. So you've got Bednarek, you've got Vestergaard, who are much better defenders. Certainly their system will allow goals to be, um, chances to be conceded, but because they are better players overall, they are outperforming their stats. So their expected goal um, conceded, they are outperforming them currently. So Southampton defenders are players to look out for if you are, um, considering that um, stat. Crystal Palace against Spurs ended 1-1. Goals from Kane and assists from Son, as usual. Um, I believe the Son and Kane uh, combo has now contributed for, I think, 13 goals or something of that nature, if not more. Um, Kane and Son essentially are the two players to have at any given point. If you do not have one or the other, you should... Um, if you don't have both, you should have one or the other. Kane, of course, being the better player to have, if you can afford it, at 10.9. But if you cannot afford Kane and you want a midfielder, uh, Hyung Min Son at 9.6 is your man. From a Crystal Palace perspective, Schlopp um, scored the goal with an assist from Ibirichi Eze. Eze himself has also stepped up his output in terms of... Um, 
actual FPL points. He has been a really decent player on the wing for Crystal Palace and that has now given them the opportunity to place Zaha up front. So something to watch out for there. Eze has got two assists in the last two games, an assist against Tottenham and an assist against West Bromwich Albion. So that's two assists in the last two um, last two games. And of course, um, that leaves Zaha free to go and wreak havoc beside Benteke in their new 4-4-2 system. So I would recommend Zaha, but if you are looking into Crystal Palace, who have suddenly discovered how to score, um, Eze would be the alternative at 5.8. Zaha is 7.5, playing out position as a striker. So consider that going forward. Fulham against Liverpool ended 1-1. In that game, Salah scored a penalty. And uh, Fulham actually scored first from Decorova, uh, Decordova Reed, uh, who is actually himself is a forward in the game, uh, in FPL that is, at 5.3. However, the player to actually consider would be Cavaliero, who is um, a midfielder in FPL, but actually takes the penalties for Fulham, considering Mitrovic is no longer playing for Fulham, uh, or at least starting. Uh, of course, Salah at 12.3. Currently, is the man to have from Liverpool. He's on penalties. And of course, he's still taking a lot of shots at goal. Uh, keep in mind also that Jota is out till February. So in terms of looking for players to um, replace him, it'll be a great time to look into that. Of course, you've got Suchek. You've got Bowen from West Ham. Uh, these are Western players who have decent fixtures to come. You've also got a couple of other players you can look at, like uh, uh, James Watt prowse from Southampton. Of course, like I said, Southampton has essentially stepped up their output. The next game is against Arsenal, and I believe they will probably win that game as well. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, they played Burnley and lost that game 0-1. Uh, an assist from Westwood with the own goal coming from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who has still not scored a goal from open play since, I believe, the first game. Um, he scored only two goals all season. At 11.5, currently he has dropped in price, I believe starting at 12. He's now all the way at 11.5. He has played every minute except four, I believe, for Arsenal. Um, so quite frankly, he I, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal, but um, I would essentially recommend you avoid Arsenal uh, at all costs if you can currently, except you want to defend like a Bellerin. But um, Arsenal is not scoring. So if they are not able to score, they're only going to either score 1-0 from a penalty or maybe still fluke goal and essentially end the game with 1-0 or what have you. I believe Arsenal is currently the only team that has still not scored more than one in a game. Um, anyways, uh, actually, I was wrong. I was wrong. They've scored once, more than once, once against Fulham uh, ever since they have still not scored multiple goals again since then okay uh that's it about arsenal and then leicester against brighton ended three nil goals from james madison and jamie vardy uh madison of course with two goals he is now madison is now at 7.1 vardy is now at 10.3 um interesting to note about uh jamie vardy his style suited a game against brighton uh vardy at home had not until yesterday scored uh, more. He, this is his second goal at home all season. 
Um, and quite frankly, he was struggling to score at home. But Brighton, the way Brighton play, they play expansive football, so it was easy to counter-attack. And since they were not playing in low blocks like regular teams usually will play them, it was easy for Jimmy Vardy to find opportunities to score. Keep in mind also that Jimmy Vardy plays well against big teams for the same reason, because big teams will try to take it to Leicester, and there's an opportunity for counter-attacks and for Jimmy Vardy to run in behind the defence. But um, whenever they're playing lower teams, they will struggle at home because they just... Vardy's just skill set isn't to um, essentially smash teams at home. It is just to wait on the counterattack or play expansive whenever you're playing expansive against them. So that's the recap for game week 12. Looking at game week 13, we've got Wolves against Chelsea. Chelsea should win that game away. Um, that would be an interesting one, I think, if you want. Chelsea defenders will probably keep a clean sheet in this one. Timo Werner has got a lot of great underlying stats, but still cannot seem to score. He's got a lot of chances available to him to score and a lot of chances he is creating, but still somehow cannot score. It's quite a pity, quite frankly, for uh, Timo Werner in that regard. Uh, Manchester City against West Brom. I believe personally that this is the game to look for a captain in. Personally, just due to the way Manchester City is currently set up, um, I currently recommend KDB. He is the penalty taker. He's got 17 shots in the last four games and I believe six big chances created in the last four. I think he's the highest in that stat for midfielders in the league for the last four games. West Brom's defense is just essentially abysmal. They've considered the most goals in uh, this season at 23. Um, they've also got 11 big chances conceded behind only Leeds and Fulham in the last four games. So something to look out for at West Brom. Uh, Sterling would be the alternative if you are not captaining uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, but again, that's up to you to determine. The Arsenal against uh, Southampton. Arsenal is at home, Southampton away. Uh, Danny Ings is the man to get in this game. I believe Danny Ings is now fully back. And if you watch the eye test, Danny Ings just looks like he never, he didn't miss a beat. He's also the talisman for Southampton. We'll take on, um, he'll also have... Uh, what you call it, penalties to his name as well. He's got seven goal attempts in the last uh, four games and three chances created. Um, so quite frankly, he's just on it already. Um, Leeds against Newcastle. Leeds do not play defense at all. They will just go for it. So uh, if you want to have a player from Leeds, certainly do so. But I do not think uh, Leeds defenders are players to have currently. They are one of the worst in terms of big chances conceded, I believe, at 13, tied with Fulham. Uh, Newcastle on the uh, also just to add to that Bamford has got 17 goal attempts in the last four 17 uh, with only one goal to his name and two chances created so that tells you how wasteful Bamford is but even though he's wasteful you can still see that the underlying chances are still available to him um, he's got so many chances to score even if he only scores one or two it's just simply because of the rate of chances available if he slightly improves his conversion even just slightly you can expect a massive haul to come and i fully believe that in one of these games it will happen obviously he's already done that in the one game where he had a hat trick but quite frankly the moment his conversion just improves even slightly he is going to be a tap for goals and is showing just for a bunch of goals and a massive haul to come. Keep in mind also that this is Christmas season, so there are going to be games back to back. This is a midweek game um, and midweek game week, and there will be more midweek game and there will be more midweek games. Uh, there will be more games over the Christmas period. So this this game week and then the game week after to come. 
Leicester against Everton. I think again, this is a game week. This is a game for Leicester to be able to play the expansive football. Vardy will probably be very available. Everton as well as a defense do not play very very well. But Leicester's defense is also not the greatest. Uh, so in in terms of Leicester's defense, they've got twelve big chances conceded, which is behind um, you know Leeds and Fulham as well. Um, but I mean, certainly they're not. It's just it's just. It's just a yeah, lesser defense is not the greatest, but against big teams, they'll probably still hold up just fine. Uh, Everton's defense as well, not the greatest, but again, against Leicester, I think both teams will just come out attacking since they just don't know how to defend anyways. But you never know. Um, different teams can set up. Ancelotti and Brendan Rodgers can surprise us. You never know. Fulham against Brighton. Um, I see this game going really interestingly. Uh, Fulham has actually improved defensively considering the big chances they have conceded. Partly is because they've had to play really, really strong teams. Um, when you look at some of the games they played, obviously they played uh, Liverpool just recently. So that was essentially just a difficult game and you will concede a lot of chances to Liverpool. Um, they've also played Manchester City and Leicester and then obviously Everton back to back to back. So naturally, even though the stats show that they've considered a lot of big chances in the last four, you also have to keep in mind the teams they've played in the last four. Uh, considering they kept, uh, they were able to get a draw out of Liverpool 1-1 and only concede two from Manchester City. It's a decent improvement considering where they started at considering three goals, four goals, three goals against Aston Villa at the beginning of the season. They have now only conceded three. Um, the last time was at Everton, which was four game weeks ago. The rest of the time it's either one or two, which is decent considering Leicester, Manchester City and Liverpool in that span. The next game to look out for is, uh, of course, Liverpool. Uh, also, actually, speaking of, before I leave that game, Brighton going attacking-wise is quite decent. Danny Welbeck at 5.5 has actually got the most shots of all Brighton attackers in that span. Um, the game, last game they played, I believe, uh, Danny Welbeck had a one-on-one -on -one and wasted it, um, which was surprising to see. I believe, I, I would have thought, uh, Brighton against, against uh, Leicester, I would have thought Danny Welbeck would have buried it. But unfortunately, he was unable to. But a 5.5, that is excellent value if you are looking at a, you know, a cheeky punt uh, from Brighton. But essentially, Danny Welbeck is the guy to look out for at 5.5 or Pascal Gross. Uh, Pascal Gross is the midfielder from Brighton at 5.8. He is the penalty taker since Mopey has been removed from penalty duties. Um, so Pascal Gross or Danny Welbeck if you want to take a punt on Brighton. When we look at the big game of the game week, it's Liverpool against Spurs. Um, of course, like I've already said earlier in the podcast, you want Kane or Son from Spurs. I believe Spurs will come out in low blocks and just wait for the counter-attack. Uh, if you want to take a chance on defenders, Eric Dyer is one at 5.0. Um, he actually took a spectacular free kick in the game against Crystal Palace. And I was surprised he was even allowed to take the, penal, uh, the free kick. But a 5.0 in a Mourinho defense that is playing like a Mourinho defense, 5.0 is excellent value. If he has the occasional free kick to add, which again, you should go check it out. A spectacular free kick that brought out a great save from Guaita. But my goodness, I could not believe it considering the players on the field. Uh, you had Kane, you had Son, Lo Celso, I believe at the time. And Eric Dyer stepped up and took a beauty. Uh, should have scored, but, you know, if not for a wonderful save. Keep in mind also, uh, aside from the, um, the clean sheet they lost at Crystal Palace, in the last five, uh, in the last four games before 
um, the Crystal Palace game. We look at uh, Dyer's uh, points, two against Crystal Palace, six at Arsenal, six at Chelsea, seven at Manchester City, and six at West Bromwich Albion. Again, seven at Manchester City, six at Chelsea, six at Arsenal, Within in a derby game again, of course, ignoring Arsenal being um, wildly underperforming and quite look, frankly looking like a relegation type of team. Um, Arsenal would have brought a better test in a derby, but quite frankly, it is what it is. Um, essentially, Spurs' defense is something to be serious about this season. Uh, of course, on the Liverpool side, you've got Salah to look at. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is back, so you can expect um, Liverpool's uh, flying fullbacks to be back at it. Trent is back. Of course, Robertson never went away. Um, you've got Fabinho and Matip in the center, two big trees. Um, so I expect it to be a difficult game, but we'll see how that game goes. Um, of course, you've got Alison Becker also back fully and uh, replacing, uh, I believe it's Felaha. I can't remember his name or Kelaha or something like that. Um, West Ham against Crystal Palace. Um, this game is going to be another interesting one. It should be, you know, it, it could go either way. It could be a lot of goals. It could be really good defenses. West Ham's defense has improved. Crystal Palace has always been a good team in defense. Of course, Crystal Palace is away, but now they've suddenly discovered how to score. So with Zaha, Eze Berichis, players to look out for on that side. Um, on the West Ham side, of course, you've got Suchek, you've got Bowen, and even Allaire is now occasionally starting to seem like he's interested in scoring. Um, on the defensive side, you've got Cresswell, who is bringing in them crosses. Um, so Cresswell is someone to look out for. But interestingly, I think Kufal at 4.6 is also excellent value um, in that West Ham defense. He's also taking a lot of crosses as well on the other side from Kuf, uh, from uh, Cresswell. So interesting there to look out from West Ham. Aston Villa against Burnley should be a nil-nil game. Burnley's defense, quite frankly, is decent despite all the goals they've conceded. But um, it's Burnley at the end of the day. Their strength is their defense and that's where they build out from. They're not known as an attacking team. Aston Villa, on the other hand, is also a decent team now currently based on just their results and how they've performed. Of course, they've been able to even go ahead when they were down um, to a red card before obviously Wolves joined them on the second red card to make it uh, 1-0 in that game. Of course, another game you can consider a player to captain, Sheffield against Manchester United. Personally, for my own uh, recommendations, I do not personally captain Manchester United players. However, the stats do not lie. Bruno is the man to captain if you are going to captain someone in this game. Um, it is all about points FC. It is what it is. Um, Bruno is your man. He's got um, the penalties in that game. And I think she Sheffield's defense has got considered 10 big chances in the last, um, in the last four game weeks. Um, Bruno Fernandes is your guy if you are not um, sure of who to captain. So you, in terms of captaincy choices, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, you've got Bruno Fernandes, anyone else is a toss-up, quite frankly. You've also got Calvert-Lewin against Leicester just simply because that game could just be a lot of goals. Vardy as well, who's also got an ability to score, uh, especially against big teams, quote-unquote. And Everton is certainly playing like one of the bigger teams and will probably not set up shop to... Um, go for a nil-nil, but you never know. Um, alternatives to look out for, Patrick Bamford at Leeds against Newcastle, just simply because he just got so many chances to score and that's all Leeds come out to do. Uh, you've got Danny Ings as another option um, for captaincy. And of course, Harry Kane would be your other option. Again, keep in mind, it is against Liverpool, but considering the way uh, Mourinho sets up his team to just find chances and find moments, 
Harry Kane, I do not bet against. He's playing at a Harry Kane level mixed with a Kevin De Bruyne assist level in the current game. So those are players to look out for. If you're looking, um, I do I do also want to give a piece of advice. Considering it is the Christmas break this coming week, you certainly want to bolster your bench. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for rotation, especially for Manchester City players. You also want to be careful with who you put your vice captain on just as much as your captain. Um, so for example, I, I am concerned that Kevin De Bruyne might be rested, might be. But um, he has also gotten rest from the Champions League. So he should be fine enough to play. Should be, but you never know with Pep Guardiola. Um, certainly, once this game week is done, it starts from Tuesday the 15th all the way to Thursday the 17th. There's another game week on the 19th, the Saturday uh, till the 21st of December. Then we're back again on the 26th for another game week. And then again on the 28th. So I do want to say four game weeks in the next week. Um, certainly you want to have your bench ready to go just in case nobody on your starter or someone on your starting 11 um, doesn't start. And with that, I wish you all the best in your game 13. We will catch you in the next one. Cheers.